is this kind of what it was like in New Orleans when you guys were just running over opponents, or is it is this to another level? Ooh, I think I think it's similar in many ways. I think the winning and the confidence that all rolls together. But I think like the camaraderie that we have here, the brotherhood. I think that just skies over everything because it's like when you trust the man across from you, even when you trust the man on defense, it's like you know they're going to get their job done. That's why we always talk about trust. Trust your man. Trust the man next to you. Trust your brother. And uh, I think we have that here, and it's, it's something really special. What makes the camaraderie with this team different than others that you've been on? I think it's just the men that we brought in. You know, we brought in Mark Ingham, Earl Thomas, McPhee. We brought in Marcus Peters. We brought in a lot of guys that – have that same energy and that same mindset that most of the guys in our locker room have, which is competitors, not not losing, you know, getting the best out of every day and making your teammate better. And those are the type of men we have in our locker room. And, I mean, it's contagious. It's contagious to have that attitude, and a lot of guys just want to get better from that. So every week, you know, it's like it's always something new. But at the same time, we've been together for a long time, and we know and expect we expect a lot from each other. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We have a really special guest today to discuss this big game like we teased at the end of the last episode. This game will decide who the number one team in the NFL is. It's going to be an amazing matchup. 49ers traveling to Baltimore to face our lovely Ravens. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Man, we've had a great night so far. We got to recap that whole uh, Rams game and uh had a lot of fun it was a oh, it was a good game what a game yeah basically we were saying it was kind of like a preseason game near the end of it we, we started kind of zoning out because <laughs> <we> just <laughs> backup quarterbacks are in yeah i was uh i was feeling a lot of love for that game i got lamar in one of my leagues but i was down by 60 points and uh, he put up 48 and then they pulled him <laughs> yeah i only have one share of lamar jackson and it's kind of cool because it's a best ball league where you get points for both quarterbacks um like any quarterback that plays but the weird part is uh <laughs> sometimes when rg3 comes in it doesn't really matter because he just kneels the ball and <laughs> gets negative yards <laughs> and they, they count incompletions as negatives as well like so it doesn't always work out because <laughs> it's just yeah, the, yeah, the kind absolutely. of game we're playing <laughs> yeah oh man yeah the only league where i'm currently in first and have been first for a while is the one where i've got lamar at the quarterback, I've only played for Aaron Rodgers in Week One and during the bye week. Was not expecting that going into the year, but couldn't be happier. <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the game uh, on Sunday. It's an early one. I kind of thought they might flex this one as well, uh, looking mm-hmm. at how the records have been. But I'll take it. That uh, Sunday morning, or sorry, Sunday, I guess afternoon is going to be kind of like church for me. <laughs> yeah, I, we were even talking about that a few weeks ago because I mean. Both the Ravens and the and the Niners. It's been a very good month of football for both of them. Great season, and I think, gosh, what's the late game on CBS? It was the Steelers and Browns, I think. But I think that got flexed out for something else. You know what? I think it is. I think it's because this game's on on Fox this week. If it was on CBS, it probably oh, okay. would have gotten that that slot. Yeah, you're probably right on that. So, I mean, let's let's talk about this game. Yeah, absolutely. To start with, uh, do you want to give a little little background on um, how you became a Niners fan and uh, what your opinion is of, of how the Niners have done so far this year? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I live uh, on uh, the Eastern uh, time zone currently, but uh, I grew up in Vancouver, BC, Canada. And if there was one thing that I always hated, it was uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And 
at the same time, uh, you know, it was the end of the Joe Montana era and the start of the Steve Young era, just as I was kind of getting more and more involved in a love for all things sports and kind of seeing Steve Young revolutionize the quarterback position really captivated me. And I, I've just been a fan ever since. There was some good years there. There was a couple, you know, near successes with Jeff Garcia, former uh, Canadian Football League transplant. Uh, and then uh, it was just a lot of dark days uh, from drafting Alex Smith number one overall when they could have taken Aaron Rodgers for about seven years with a, an offensive coordinator that uh, was a revolving door in the organization until they finally got Harbaugh and Greg Roman in there and uh, uh, and turned the turned the team around and you guys all know the results of that there we had a, a Super Bowl uh, between our two teams so you know I've kind of been along for the ride and this is um, I was really excited when they brought Shanahan in, uh, seeing what he did with uh, with Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense. And you know, I haven't been disappointed even last year. You know, elevating Nick Mullins to a, a, a relevant quarterback in 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 the NFL was was pretty incredible. His ability to scheme is second to none probably in the league right now. And uh, you know, so seeing everything kind of come together, even with a few injuries, uh, it's uh, it's been pretty special for me to watch and. I've got a two and a half year old and I, I make him watch it with me too. So it's all right. Well, as uh, all of us being Ravens fan this year, Aaron, uh, we can definitely say that uh, Harbaugh and Roman is a good combination for us as well. Uh, <laughs> even though for you is a, a little bit more short lived, I think. I was going to ask uh, overall, I mean, what's your, what's your take on, on this season with the Niners? Is this something that you kind of expected going into be- the beginning of the year or is this uh, more of a surprise to you as well? You know, it is a bit of a surprise to me. I thought that they would compete for a wild card. I thought that they had immense talent on the on the defensive side, but I wasn't sure about the offense in particular. The receiving core uh, was largely inexperienced. The backs, while I think Tevin Coleman is a is a solid back and performed well uh, with Shanahan in Atlanta, and Breida performed well last year. Uh, just kind of what that was going to look like uh, kind of threw me a little bit off there. And so I thought that, you know, maybe maybe we'd get some tight games, um, you know, 15, 13 games, you know, you know, 21, 20 games where we're just kind of eking out wins. And, and, and I was looking for some sort of record that looked about 9 and 7, maybe 10 and 6 that we could kind of squeak into a wild card spot. Seeing the transformation of the defense from what it was last year to what it was this year with the kind of how the secondary has stepped up and, and how those uh, additions on uh, the defensive line and, uh, and the linebacker core, how they've kind of answered Sally's call uh, has just been pretty incredible to watch. And so uh, it's, been a, it's been a surprise, but it's been a pretty pleasant surprise. It's wild to me that you went from a team with a second overall pick after a disappointing 4-12 and season to this, 9-1, and you know? I know you guys had uh, Garoppolo it's out. It's ten and one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't short him that one win. Got to got to update the sheet. Forgot to do that last night. <laughs> yeah. So ten and one. That's that's a, that's better than us, you know. And uh, that's that's really great. Leading the NFC West. Got some good teams on that division as well. So very impressive start. Yeah. I mean, I think like you know, there's 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 still room for improvement, right? Like the passing offense is just a middle of the pack offense. I think they're averaging around 250 yards a game, right around 16th in the league. And 
I think the rushing defense is, you know, a little bit below average, uh, averaging about 110, 115 yards uh, rushing against them a game. So there's still some some places uh, for improvement there, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been quite a quite a transformation, and that number two pick uh, has has been worth his weight in gold so far. Well, as you say, what, there are some rooms for improvement for San Francisco right now, but one spot where there doesn't appear to be much room for improvement is your guys' pass defense right now, which is currently ranked first in the league. From the outside looking in, I'll admit, obviously, Richard Sherman is a name that we all know uh, from his time back in Seattle. He's a little older now. Outside of that, I'll admit, I'm looking at, at some of these guys on the roster, and I'm not too familiar with them. Could you uh, talk a little bit on uh, just who the standouts have been in the secondary for you guys and why the pass defense has been as dominant as it's been this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a little bit uh, it's been a little bit of a surprise for me as well, whether it be Emmanuel Mosley performing at the level that he's been performing at or Jaquiski Tart after six years in the in the league kind of uh, becoming a consistent consistent contributor on that defense uh, that's uh, been something that I didn't expect at all and other than I mean obviously Sherman like you're saying has been in the league for quite some time but when it comes or but tart's been there for a while but Mosley I mean he's a young kid he's I think he's he's 23 uh, you know he's a decent sized guy but uh, came in and uh, in 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 kind of a replacement for Witherspoon and just hasn't basically given it up since, right? Um, the 49ers back end has been, I think, helped a lot by the front, uh, the front of, uh, of the Niners having, uh, having that pass rush, uh, getting uh, pressures and hurries on the quarterback uh, has forced a lot of quarterbacks into making uh, some errant throws and some mistakes. Uh, and I think that that's also bolstered their uh, their ability uh, on the back end, though. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that these guys in the back end are getting helped a lot by the pass rush. You have 44 sacks on the season, 11 picks. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and DeForest Buckner all contributing, bringing 8, 10, 5.5 sacks, respectively. That's that's a lot of production right there from three guys. A lot of teams don't even have one player that does something like that, let alone three. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been pretty incredible. And, I mean, obviously we had uh, some injuries with uh, D. Ford and Quan Alexander, but uh, but Ford was getting some pressures as well, you know. And and that, that linebacker core uh, has been able to uh, to come up the middle when they needed to. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you're having to try and double uh, more than one person on that line that leaves somebody open every single time, right? So if there's a highlight on, on this team, it's, it's absolutely the, the, the front four, basically just dominating, wrecking teams uh, week in and week out. So I think one of the reasons that, well, from my perspective, it seemed that a lot of the people in the national media aren't really taking the 49ers to be as good as their record is, which is the number one record in the NFC at the moment. I've heard before the Sunday night game, you know, maybe Green Bay is the best in the conference. Not too many people saying that now. <laughs> I've heard Seattle. We've heard the Saints. Part of me wonders if that might be slightly because, you know, we're in a quarterback-driven league, and if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously he's younger than 
than Wilson, Rogers, and Breeze. So he hasn't had as much time to develop or have that pedigree yet. And at the same time, there's been some games that he hasn't come up big in, or just the fact, like you said, that that Mullins was able to have success in that system last year. As a Niners fan, what what's your opinion of Garoppolo? Do you think he's a franchise quarterback for the future for these guys, or is he just more of a product of the system that you guys are running right now? You know, I've been going back and forth uh, on this all year. I When they uh, traded uh, that second rounder to to the Patriots to get him, I was definitely uh, in favor of the trade. I think that the flashes that he showed with New England uh, uh, translated into that first season when he came in and started the the last six games of the season, you know, ending with uh, uh, multiple 300-yard games. Uh, but, you know, at the start of, uh, of last year, before he got injured, uh, he certainly didn't look uh, the part of a franchise quarterback. And there's been a number of times uh, during this year that I think that that's been the case as well. And you see it with his throws. Coming off of that injury, I think earlier in the year, he had a hard time finding his footing, uh, stepping up into the pocket and feeling comfortable. And I think that that's probably natural based on the injury that he had. But um, in a more kind of uh, broad sense, his peripheral stats, I don't think, are all that fantastic, right? I mean, his, uh, I think, like the, the, the air yards that he throws is something around six and a half a game, which is pretty low compared to, you know, the people that you're looking at at the top of the league. You know, somebody like Dak has nine and a half. Somebody like Wentz has eight and a half. You know, Deshaun's nine. I think that uh, Lamar is almost nine. You know, so he's not really he's not throwing the ball down the field. And when I see that, that kind of says to me partially that that's a that he's uh, he's a product of his scheme. So all that to say that I think that uh, a quarterback uh, in the right scheme uh, can lead you to a Super Bowl. And I think that uh, we see a lot of folks, even in the last few years, get pretty close, whether that be, uh, you know, Jared Goff, who obviously had a, a horrible Super Bowl and has had a pretty bad year. But last year, uh, getting them uh, deep, whether you see that with uh, Joe Flacco, whether you see that with... Um, somebody like a Nick Foles a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, I think, uh, or, or, you know, I mean, before he went down, Alex Smith for the Niners when he was leading, uh, uh, leading the Niners uh, to that uh, massive start before he got injured in week 10 in 20, uh, 2011, I guess that would have been. Um, the, you know, the, a system quarterback can take you pretty far, but um, I, I, can't see Jimmy G being more than that right now. I think that that's something that he still has to prove. To continue with the offense, we know the 49ers, uh, you mentioned it earlier with Tevin Coleman, but Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, they have one of the most dynamic running games in the league. How do you think they're going to be able to stack up against the Ravens? It's going to be tough, right? So we're we're averaging about 145 yards a game between the, uh, between the three of us because it's uh, between uh, Breida, Mostert, and and Coleman. The question is, will be, uh, and I guess Jeffrey Wilson when he's there uh, as well. But uh, is Breida going to play? I mean, he's got the questionable tag right now. If he doesn't, uh, they're going to just be relying on two, which you know most it's okay. But uh, but we've seen over the last couple of weeks that he does a little bit more cleanup and and they rely a little bit more on on Coleman in those situations. The Ravens have what, I think, like the seventh best Ds, and they're averaging 95 yards uh, allowed rushing. So I think that uh, 
if the Niners are going to win, they're going to have to win probably uh, through a lot of uh, uh, a lot of play action, uh, a lot of um, uh, quick uh, quick passes um, followed by deep shots, and and so and I don't think that uh, um, if they just try and pound the rock uh, against the Ravens that it's going to be a successful day for them. Yeah, the Ravens defense is currently only allowing 87 yards per game. Third in the league, only Tampa and the Jets are, are doing a better job at the moment. Oh, geez, so they got better after last night. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you only let up about 20 yards to Todd Gurley in a night, yeah, that'll definitely bump you up. I think it's crazy just because in the first four weeks, you wouldn't have even expected the Ravens to be in the top half. I, I believe after four weeks, they were extremely low in rush defense. Oh, after the Cleveland game, I don't remember the exact number, but... I'm almost positive Ravens were bottom five in rush defense. Yeah. So they've yeah. made a tremendous leap with with these these signings of, you know, Bynes and Bowser stepping up and Ferguson. So yeah. It's been a big turnaround there. I'm definitely worried about it. I mean, you know, I think um and that's why I was I was saying like I think that it's gonna have to be the Niners coming at them uh partially through the air because you guys are uh middle of the pack in terms of uh of uh yards allowed certainly uh, a game for your uh for your passing defense so yeah i think we're gonna have to run because that's the identity of of san francisco but without uh without taking our shots uh the, i think that it's a lost cause so and and i think you've seen that a little bit more over the last three games with the niners i think that uh yeah um they've been forced to run a little bit and be and forced to be a little bit more balanced in their approach and and so uh you know i'm hoping that that can continue so I think we might want to move on to uh, one guy who I think really matches up pretty well against the Ravens, uh, George Kittle. You know, obviously is is one of the top three you know tight ends in the league. Very very good player. Just came back from a ankle injury, but looked pretty good against the the Packers, I believe. If if I'm looking at this from the Ravens, I feel like I don't really think we have a linebacker to match up with him. I'm not sure whether we have a safety that we want to match up with him either, at least for the whole game. I, I don't think Earl Thomas is going to be that guy. I don't think Chuck Clark is really going to be that guy. If I were the Ravens, I would might consider moving Marlon Humphrey to try and cover this guy. It seems like he's been moving into the slot a lot more to cover those shiftier guys. And when we have Peters and Smith on the outside, I mean, what, what do you think, Aaron? I mean, is this have teams had success against Kittle with any sort of, you know, formations or, you know, assignments or anything like that? Or is he, is he just balling no matter what? Largely. I mean, he's just balling no matter what. He's one of my favorite people to watch in the league, man. Like he's fun to watch. He's energetic, <laughs> broken, running around on a broken ankle, looking like a gazelle out there. You know, it's like, <laughs> Holy cow. <Yeah. laughs> running around on a broken ankle, putting up 129 and one against green Bay. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and even when he uh, he wasn't playing those two games, I mean, just watching him up in the press box, he's just having a good time, right? Yeah, I mean, I think your best uh, your best uh, bet is to stick a corner on him. I don't think that you're uh, you're going to be able to have much success, uh, if any, uh, when he's running routes with a linebacker. He is the focal point uh, of their passing game. I think he's commanding something around uh, a quarter of their targets. I think uh, last game, uh, Garoppolo threw uh, about 20 passes and 
Uh, again, Kittle had six, caught all six for that 129 and a touchdown, and that's kind of been his uh, his mo the whole the whole season. Uh, he's not had you know those eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven catch games that you see with somebody like Zach Ertz, but it's uh, based on the the volume that San Francisco passes. It's uh, you know he's constantly getting five, six, eight catches for you know 80 yards and a some and a touchdown, you know, or the or uh, in and around there. So, you know, if if you're going to defend against him, I think that you're going to need a, a physical corner that tries to jam him up on the line, uh, and uh, and and don't rely on your linebackers. Chris, you brought up a really good point. The Ravens haven't had to play too many elite tight ends this season. Uh, we have to look all the way back to Week Three against Travis Kelsey when this defense looked entirely different. A lot of different starters at that point. So it's really hard to compare. But at that time, Travis had seven receptions for 89 yards, about 19% of the target share. And like you just said, Aaron, he's about getting 25% in this offense. We're starting to see guys like Debo Samuels ascend, particularly now that you have Emmanuel Sanders joining him. And of course, you know, Dante Pettis never happened. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Alex, second favorite uh, fantasy single uh, player, beside, uh, aside from Joe Mixon. <laughs> I have so many shares of Pettis this year. Yeah, I think we all saw a great route runner that just completely disappeared this year. Do you have any insight on that? <laughs> I no. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't. I, I, w- I wish that I did. I mean, you know, they put a good amount of draft capital into him. Uh, and back-to-back years with uh, Pettis last year and then Samuel this year, um, you'd think that they'd give him run. But you know there was that weird stuff of the in the preseason where he wasn't playing all that much, and uh, and Shanahan was saying you know it's the motivational technique and things like that. Well, I don't know what happened because uh, Pettis isn't playing, so some somehow it didn't motivate him. He's one of these people that I'm gonna. Uh, in my heart of hearts, hope that for the next three years he does something, but uh, he's probably going to be on another team by the end of his rookie deal. We saw it with the Arizona game. We saw it with a few other games, last three games in particular. Now that Emmanuel Sanders is on the team, this pass offense has looked entirely different. Is that your take as well? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, th- they've certainly had a bit of a spring in their step, although I'll say that, you know, um, Sanders provided uh, an immediate spark and somebody that I think Garoppolo felt that he could trust with uh, some tough uh, contested catches. And Sanders kind of responded in kind with some great catches. Um, But after he got hurt, uh, it seemed like the 49ers went straight to Debo Samuel uh, and he's answered the call as well. I'm not sure what the the change was, but you're, you're, you're definitely right that Basically, the uh, the two Arizona games, uh, the Seattle game and uh, and the last Green Bay game, that uh, this team has has definitely decided to lean a little bit heavier on uh, on the passing attack. Do you want to do key matchups or? Uh... Yeah, if I just do you mind if I just say one thing oh, about it? Oh, sure. Yeah, just to you know, I mean, you were talking about the defense being legit, and uh, and we were talking about kind of, uh, I mean, this goes to matchups. You know, you guys have an incredible rushing defense, but you also have the hands-down current uh, MVP favorite in Lamar Jackson. And I think that the key to this game in particular is his ability to run. And if you take a look uh, over uh, the three games that they've uh, played against mobile quarterbacks, uh, the Niners have played against mobile quarterbacks, and those are those two Arizona games and, uh, and the Seattle game, 
You have in week nine against Arizona, you have 153 yards and a touchdown rushing. Against uh, Seattle, you had 157 and a touchdown. And then uh, in week 11 against Arizona, again, you had 135 and a touchdown. And Kyler uh, and Russ ran right over the 49ers at key times. If there's one thing that, uh, that San Francisco cannot do uh, and win this game, it's uh, is they can't let Lamar Jackson do what he did last night to uh, to to LA, and that's uh, that's something that I don't think any team yet has been able to figure out how to stop him from doing. Yeah, one of our takes, at least my take, is that I'm not sure anyone will because you know Michael Vick was never quite stopped. He kind of always did his thing. I don't know what kind of defense takes him out of the game, and honestly, if you take away his running, I'm. I'm starting to really buy into his ability to throw the ball, too. He's been remarkably efficient with his passing. Maybe that's a byproduct of an incredible run game. But, yeah, I I, I think he's really starting to show some very mature, uh, advanced concepts as far as a passer, looking off defenders and going through his progressions, keeping his eyes down the field when the play breaks down and he has to scramble. That's something that we've seen an improvement this year. So, you're right, man. This team is led by Lamar Jackson, and uh, his performance on Sunday will be a great deciding factor. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I think that the uh, your offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator of, uh, of the 49ers, Greg Roman, he understands how to get the most out of quarterbacks that, uh, that are dual threat. You know, he, d- he did it uh, incredibly well with, uh, with Kaepernick, obviously, leading them to uh, a Super Bowl. Uh, that uh, they lost to to your Ravens, and uh, and again, uh, you know, actually made Tyrod Taylor a, a relevant quarterback for a number of years in Buffalo. I just I I can't uh, I can't speak highly uh, enough of of your offense right now. It's just uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure pleasure to watch them. It's an absolute pleasure for us to watch too. We were just talking about it and what we were <laughs> recording with our thoughts on the Rams game. This is by far and away the most exciting offense we've had to watch as Baltimore Ravens fans these past two decades <laughs> it's just fun right like uh, yeah it's just it blows my mind it's you know the 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 big thing that you had with uh, Flacco was he won a Super Bowl and then got a contract and I think what did he do go to McDonald's after he got his, his big deal <laughs> right like that, that that was the excitement in uh in Maryland so well yeah that one good season in 2014 uh a good showdown with the Patriots but uh Unfortunately, we didn't have any corners that game, and so that didn't turn out too well. All right, so with that, we're going to go right into our bold predictions. Aaron, feel free to join in on the madness. Last week, <laughs> last week, the return of Chris, he got his right. Even with garbage time included, the Rams were held under 250 total yards, which honestly, when he said it, I was like, yeah, you can have that. I, was, I didn't think that would happen. That's so few yards, <laughs> but it did. Peter was one off. Only two interceptions for the Ravens' defense, and although MP Juice Man got a pick, he did not take it to the house, so my prediction was not correct. From a scoring prediction perspective, I called it when uh, Chris gave his his uh, prediction <laughs> that they would surprise us. They keep scoring. Chris wins with his prediction of 38-16 Ravens. As we, we said, it's 45-6. So they just continue to blow us away. Even the most optimistic of fans. we I know personally I tend to be very optimistic, very bullish on the Ravens. And 
I don't even expect some of these <laughs> blowouts, you know, just the dominating nature of which they've been playing lately has frankly blown us away. So my bold prediction, I'm not sure yet what I want to say would be the amount of, of yards and touchdowns this player is going to get to constitute it bold. I'm leaning right now to say at least 50 yards and a touchdown. I think that each week the Ravens are, are throwing out a new guy to do things with the offense to throw the defenses off their game plans, you know, against new England, it was finally getting Nick Boyle in the end zone, uh, getting him and Ricard involved. Uh, the past two weeks we've seen, well, against Houston, we saw Seth Roberts in the end zone. We saw Willie Sneed make a resurgence last night against the Rams. I'm going to call that, uh, this game is going to be justice Hill's breakout game. Mm. I think that that would be something that the 49ers might not expect because so far this guy's despite the fact that he had a really good preseason his best game so far was against Cincinnati where he had five carries for 31 yards so I can up what he's going to do on Sunday if you guys think him having 50 all-purpose yards and a touchdown is not bold enough but I think based on his production so far and how the Ravens really spread the ball around to guys who aren't named Andrews and Ingram I think that would that would be pretty bold for him to have that production. Yeah, I think so. For the third running back, yeah, I'd give that to you. Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's true. Is that is Lamar though still the leading rusher for the team? Yep. Yeah, he's he got. He, he has at least fifty more than Engram does. Then you're right. Then uh, Justice is the fourth running back. <laughs> All right, guys. For my bold prediction, let me know if you don't think it's bold enough, but. Like I said, just because it's happened before doesn't mean it's not bold. I think Lamar's going to get another five touchdowns. Oh, whoa. Ooh. What do you think of that, that Aaron? Is, is Alec not respecting the <laughs> Niners D enough? <laughs> I mean, is there a difference between bold and stupid? <laughs> uh, only if you don't win the bold prediction of the <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's cool. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to have an interesting game here, right? We lost Massacre, our... Pro Bowl uh, second running guy. That still baffles my mind. Like he's not second in AFC voting <laughs> Pro Bowl worthy. I mean, he's he's done better than we thought, but he's not that good. I think people are just looking at how well they're running the ball and just performing in general, and just like anyone that's on the Ravens, <laughs> like they're doing really well. I'm kind of thinking like an, another bowl prediction. I think it's hard to quantify, so I didn't say it. Um, similar to how we saw the Rams defense, uh, Aaron Darnold not actually make an impact i was gonna say something as bold as like you know that i don't know if those big three uh pass rushers we're talking about are gonna do much as far as rattle lamar like i wouldn't be shocked if we find a way (laughs) to to slow him down like i don't know i mean three is is a lot more than one right so it it makes difference and obviously injury so i wouldn't be surprised they get a couple sacks i mean we saw lamar get sacked a couple times last night literally a couple which was the most most since uh, that game against Pittsburgh that he's been sacked. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, we haven't seen him get sacked much. Like, he just, he's Houdini. He just keeps evading things. So, I don't know. The run, offense runs through Lamar. I lost a game last night that I really couldn't afford to lose in fantasy because Lamar kept being selfish with the ball and not giving it. I had uh, I had Ingram and, and Mandrews, but it wasn't enough. Uh, <laughs> I lost by a couple points. So, yeah. I'm going to say Lamar does it again, five touchdowns, not on the ground, but just, you know, cumulative. All right. So 
I'm going to jump in here because we're talking about sacks. My bold prediction is going to go a little bit the other way. I mean, you're right. In uh, that Pittsburgh Week 5, he had five sacks against him. And since that uh, since that game, he's taken five sacks. So it's pretty incredible. But I'm going to suggest uh, to you fine folks that the 49ers defense sacks him five times, uh, force fumble, and one interception. Ooh, all right. Just a continuation of what they've been doing all year long. Uh, I think that uh, it actually does hurt to to, to no longer have your, uh, your your starting center in there. I think that uh, um, DeForest Buckner uh, is likely going to be eating as you guys are trying to deal with the defensive ends, and uh, and Lamar is going to be running and uh, and the during uh, so many scrambles that that's going to lead to a, a number of sacks. I think it's bold. I'm not going to say that I like it, but I'm going to say it's bold. <laughs> hey, Aaron, we appreciate you being the realist here and, and bringing us down uh, a little bit. Uh, when we get to the score predictions, I won't be surprised, though, if we uh, if we show it's a little more closer of a game. Yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So I've got two. Um, I'm not going to say that I have a, a bold prediction quite like Aaron's, but you can let me know if it's not bold enough. Uh, but given recent trends, it feels like it is. So I've got, I'll just say two, and you guys can let me know whether you like one or the other or not. Uh, the first one I have is that Tucker will have more field goals than extra points. Oh. <laughs> and, and the second one is uh, Sam Cook with two punts. <laughs> oh, my God. I like either of them. I think the punts is not bold enough. I, I, I would say I like the Tucker one better. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, at first I had the Sam Cook with two plus punts, and I'm like, nah. I'm like, come on, that's not giving them enough credit. I think the field goal ones though, after those, like, okay, because uh, yeah. I, I I do I do respect the 49ers defense. I, I the Ravens have had trouble. I, I know it, it's kind of been a different team than what we were in like weeks three to five, but uh, the, the Steelers honestly were the probably the last team to really give us fits uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And that was just because they had such a great front seven and, uh, yeah. you know, we're able to get after Lamar a lot. Um, he had three picks that game too. Um, in addition, to all the sacks and, um, depending on how the game plan for the Ravens work, you know, if the 49ers are able to shut down the run a little bit, then they can get after Lamar and, you know, um, they could do some damage. So let's go into score predictions. You know, after all this conversation, I'm like, like, all right, Lamar's going to get us five touchdowns and, uh, and no more, because I'd just be a little disrespectful for the defense. Um, so I'll, I'll stay at 35. And I'm going to say two touchdowns are scored by Kittle, because he's the biggest mismatch. But otherwise, the offense is going to struggle. I don't see the running game really picking up against our team. So they're going to be forced to pass it. And although they have side success, I just believe in our secondary a lot. The way they've been playing with uh, Peters there and Smith healthy and Humphrey with a all-pro year. 35-14. Ravens. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I like that prediction. I would love for that to happen. I I know I keep picking the games to be a lot closer than they've been the last four weeks, but I just don't see this game being a game where, where either team wins by by more than six, especially with this rain you've got we've got predicted for Sunday. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. Now, granted, the rain, the rain definitely slowed down the offense in Seattle. Part of that was because of what Seattle was doing on defense, sure. But I mean, we're we're talking earlier about what's going to stop Lamar. Well, the the rain has been had the biggest impact on his game so far, more than anything that any defense has thrown at him. And this is the best 
probably the best pass rush that the Ravens will be facing since that game in Pittsburgh. I gotta, I could see this game going either way, but I gotta give it to the home team and I gotta give it to the Ravens while they're hot. I'm gonna say, let's say 23 to 17 Ravens is what I'm gonna say for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that, that six points is uh, exactly the line that, uh, that, uh, that Vegas has it set at right now. I'm not sure whether or not it's going to be that uh, that far apart. Uh, the last time the 49ers were in and around your, your part of the world, it was against Washington's football team in that uh, nine nothing mud bowl. Uh, and uh, while I don't I don't expect that again, I do see a way for uh, a way forward for the 49ers to to certainly press on the Ravens and on Lamar in particular. Uh, like I mentioned, I think that pass rush uh, is going to uh, get home a number of times, uh, and I think that uh, uh, it's going to be uh, a number of uh, punts uh, above two. Um, so th- how I see this game ending is uh, you know, not super high scoring. Uh, I see it as a uh, 21-17 to game for uh, San Francisco. That would be really impressive if San Francisco can hold the Ravens at 17 points because that will be the first time Lamar will have started a game and the Ravens didn't score at least 20 points. Historic defense. <laughs> Chris, I'm curious to hear yours given the bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was making sure that I got my math right to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to make sure I, I did that accurately. Although the Ravens defense... I feel like critically, like it has some holes, even though for the last month we've been performing extremely well. Um, the 49ers could take advantage of it uh, somewhat. I, I still feel pretty good about how our defense matches up. I am worried about Kittle a lot. I'm a little worried about our rush defense, although we'll see if uh, Michael Pierce does come back this week. I definitely think that the Niners defense will uh, bring the offense a little bit down to earth, but... I still think our D is going to do a pretty good job of of limiting scoring opportunities for the Niners. So I'm going to bring down the Ravens score a little bit, but I and I think it'll be somewhat close. Um, but I'm going to go with 29-21 Ravens. So I think 29 that could be anywhere from like three to five field goals, depending on how you uh, add it up. So I think that should uh, hit my bold prediction if it comes true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not terribly surprised. We all felt, at least the normal three of us, that they're going to find a way to do it at home in various various uh, levels of, of proficiency. But I think Aaron provided a very realistic uh, answer as well. So we'll see. It's going to be quite the game. It's a shame that it won't be in prime time for everyone to see. You know, both these teams played in prime time last week. And uh, as the notes said, I don't know who wrote it, but after watching the way they dismantled a very good Packers team, I too was losing my, uh, my brash confidence, even if it doesn't show in, in the way I predicted. Um, I just did that as a function of just the way they surprise us. They continue to surprise us. So I didn't want to undersell. And I had a feeling that you guys would keep it closer. So I was like, I'll take that take. Um, but yeah, this game could go so many ways and I'm just very excited and very happy to, be able to go to it uh, next week reach out if you're going to the game uh, we'd love to say hello all right well i want to give another shout out to aaron i think this episode was awesome thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us all about your favorite team the 49ers 
congratulations so far on a great season. Would not be surprised if we see you again, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me, folks. Uh, you know, I, this is uh, the closest thing that uh, I think I'm getting to a rematch of uh, of the Super Bowl between the two of our teams. And uh, I've only got one player left from that uh, that, that squad, which is uh, a backup tight end, Garrett Selleck. So uh, I'm going to be uh, cheering on uh, Selleck as he tries to avenge the, his, his, his fallen comrades. So <laughs> uh, I look forward to it. Gotcha. Well, so is he going to be the only active player? Because Joe Staley's still over there, right? Right on. Two of us. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that was definitely, that was one name that stood out to me. I uh, I always appreciated him. He was on um, some of the top 100 player uh, videos that they had back then, you know, like 2011, 2012. And uh, I always appreciated him on there. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. Oh, uh, you know what it is? It's that he's not playing. He's not playing this game? Yeah, he's been he's been injured for a bit this year, right? He's not playing. Yeah, he's only played three games this year. So that's why I'm getting it off. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. It says uh, it looks like he was put on IR and he might be designated to return. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I know I noted that as well actually. We have we have uh the Ravens actually have a couple more players from that Super Bowl team, notably the the Wolfpack, all the special teams guys, Tucker Cock um Cock and uh Cook and Cox, sorry, man, really couldn't say them. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Marshall Yonda, and then now we brought back Josh Bynes. And then I, I put on the end, technically, Pernell McPhee, although he's on IR. Uh, he's not going to be playing in the game either, but he was on that Super Bowl roster for the Ravens back then. Well, I stand corrected, but uh, either way, Selleck's the only one playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's hope that the lights stay on this game, even if they do the little flashing thing when the Ravens score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. What a, what a memorable game that was. But thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. You can email us at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We love if you leave us an iTunes review. Tell a friend about the show. We really appreciate all you guys listening and the, the support that we get. With that, go Ravens, and we'll see you next week. An outside narrative this week is that this could be a Super Bowl preview. What do you make when you hear talk like that? Super Bowl preview? You think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl? Uh, it could be. Let's see. Uh, we just go out there and try to play the best football we can possibly do. And, and when the Super Bowl comes, whoever we play, they, they're going to be in trouble.